Are you tired, mama? Tired of feeling like you have to resign yourself to either being a hot mess mom who's drowning in the chaos of motherhood or a Pinterest perfect mom who looks like she has it all together, but on the inside, she's really miserable. The world keeps telling us that these are the only options, but that is such a lie. You can get out of victim mode and you can make changes to bring more joy to your life. And at the same time, you can find freedom in remembering that you can't control everything and you can stop striving for perfection. I'm Mackenzie Tricola, and I'd love for you to join me every week here on the Practically Joyful Mom podcast to talk about realistic ways to bring more joy to your mom life and how to choose to be joyful even when it feels like the chaos is winning. We'll talk about intentional parenting, simplicity, faith in following Jesus, connecting with your kids, taking care of yourself, and so much more. Are you ready to leave hot mess mom and Pinterest perfect mom in the dust? Are you ready to choose to be a practically joyful mom? Then welcome in, friend. I'm so glad you're here. Hey friends, it's Mackenzie. Welcome back to Practically Joyful Mom. Back with part two of the talk that we started in the last episode. So if you didn't listen to part one of this confidence in being a mom episode this part will make more sense if you go back and listen to part one first and so I kind of jump in almost sort of mid-sentence here on part two of this so listen to part one and then come check out this last little bit of part two we all know from our experience as moms that Building a cathedral, even if it's little bit brick by brick, is a completely overwhelming task if you do it alone. If you look at, you know, Notre Dame or some other famous cathedral, one person did not do all of that work, right? We can't do it all alone in our motherhood, and and that's the good news, is we aren't alone. So this is kind of the second overarching point I want to make. The first was this idea that motherhood is a journey and you don't know everything you're like an infant when you're starting out but you can grow little by little by little and be gentle and graceful with yourself and remind yourself that you are learning and your children are learning and here's the second overarching point that i want to make is this idea of you are not alone I think as moms, we so often feel alone in all of the things that we're doing and our culture is very isolating. I'm going to circle back to that point in just a second. But I think the first idea that I want to talk about here with this idea of you are not alone is you're not alone because you have God on your side. I this verse that I'm about to share, I actually put this as the dedication page on my thesis that I wrote in grad school because I just felt like it was so powerful. This is 2 Corinthians 3, 5. It says, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. I just, I love that last part. Our competence comes from God. So, You do not have to be a good enough mom. You just have to rely on our so much more than good enough God. He can supply what you need in your motherhood. I think the best parenting advice I ever got my whole life was to pray for wisdom. Like, 
Solomon in the Old Testament, if you're familiar with the story, God says, I'll give you anything you want. I'm pleased with you. What do you want? And Solomon could have asked for money, for any number, I mean, anything. And instead he asked for wisdom. And I think this is one way that our competence as moms can come from God because we may not know what to do in motherhood in those little moments where you're kind of pulling your hair out, like, what do I do with this child or what do I do with this situation? So we may not know what to do, but we can ask the one who does know. And so I think this is a huge practical application in growing in our confidence as moms is to pray. Pray about the little things, the big things, about overarching goals for your children's lives. You know, I want them to grow up and be compassionate and generous people or about specific little problems like how do I help my child stop picking their sister's nose or whatever it is um you can pray proactively of you know please God help with this situation that's happening when you're just praying in a calm calm time by yourself or you can just send up those little prayers of desperation in crazy moments God how do I handle this what can I do right now and I, I think this has made such an impact in my life. And it, it's easy to forget. It's easy to just try to do it on our own and to think, well, I'm competent. I can handle this. And more often than not, I realize, no, I'm not. No, I can't. My competence comes from God and I need to pray for wisdom. And another way that our competence comes from God is just through the Holy Spirit working in our hearts. We're probably all have heard, maybe, most of us, um, Galatians 5, 22 through 23, this is the fruit of the spirit. My kids listen to, we do a lot of like scripture songs, not that I made up, that other people made up. Um, so I'm going to sing it. Don't judge my singing skills because they're not great, but the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So I love how they drag out patience in their patience because that's how it feels sometimes. Um, but we don't have to feel confident, confident in ourselves. Our competence comes from God. And this is so freeing because you don't have to just try harder to muster up more patience when you're dealing with another missed nap, another potty accident, another meltdown in Target. Because as you're growing in your relationship with God, that fruit will come out in your life. Um, maybe you've heard this analogy of someone saying, if you have a bowl of water on the table and you bump it, what's going to come out? Well, water. Why does water come out? It's not because you bumped it, it's because there was water in the bowl. So if your bowl of your heart is full of bitterness and frustration and grumpiness and why is life like this, then when you get bumped by your kids, that's what will come out. But if your bowl is full of Jesus, full of love, full of peace and joy from spending time with him, then the fruit of the spirit is what will be more likely to come out of you. And I'm not saying this is going to be every moment, every time if you yell at your kids, you're not connected enough to God, not that at all, but that as we grow in knowing him better, in spending time with him, in our relationship with him, 
these fruits of the spirit are more likely to come from our hearts towards our children. So just practically applying this to our lives, I think it just looks like making regular time to read the Bible and to pray. And I don't mean this in any way to be, well, that's one more thing on my to-do list and I don't have time for that. And now I feel like I'm failing even more because I'm not doing that. I don't know if any of the rest of you spiral like that in your mind, but I know I do. So this is not one more to-do list item, but this is a lifeline. This is a way that you can fill yourself up so that you can have the fruit of the Spirit come out of you, a way that you can spend time praying for wisdom so that when those moments happen, you're a little more prepared for them. This doesn't have to be a huge extra time slot in your day. It can look like listening to an audio Bible app in the shower or while you drive or maybe it's writing just little cards of things you want to pray for your kids and same, you know, look at it before you get in the shower, look at it before you drive, not while you're driving, um, and just pray those things in those times where your hands are busy but your brain is free, or maybe when you're washing dishes, you're folding laundry, whatever it is. I think another way to find some time for this is when you feel yourself reaching for your phone and whatever is on the internet for you. Just spend five minutes reading the Bible or praying first and, and squeeze it in that way. Replace five minutes, ten minutes of phone time with this time with God because I think the internet has a lot of great resources but it will not usually help you feel more confident in your motherhood if it's the first place you turn to when you're feeling discouraged. So just to kind of sum up this idea of you can be confident in your motherhood because you are not alone. You can rely on the God who created the entire universe and your own precious children to help you grow in your motherhood journey. And you're also not alone because there are other moms around you, this whole room full of moms around you and, and others out in the world who are going through the same things you are. I mentioned it before, but our culture can just be really isolating. It can feel like it's me alone in my house with my kids trying to do it all. And I just want to encourage you, it is worth taking the risk to reach out to invite another mom to a play date or whatever that looks like. You may have some awkward mom dating moments um, where you meet a friend at the park or wherever and you think, well, that was nice, but should I text her and say, we had fun, do you want to do it again? Or should I wait for her to text me? It can, it can feel like dating and it can feel awkward, it can feel intimidating, but it's worth it. It is so worth it. Some of the best friends that I have, I have made in this room. You know, I can think of years ago when I was first in this MOPS group. We were doing some sort of get to know you game and one of the things was what's one of your goals for this year or why did you come to MOPS or something and there was another mom at the table who said I, I'm here because I want to make friends. She had just had her first kid who was a couple months old and said I don't have mom friends and, and that's why I'm here and you know I was over there feeling the same thing and at the end I came over and said 
um, me too. I mean, I, I said it a little less awkwardly, but I said, I'll be your friend. And, and that was the start of this really wonderful friendship. And another close friend who I had seen at Mops, but not really gotten to know that well. And then we ran into each other in the church bathroom over here while one of us was changing a diaper or maybe we were both pregnant with our youngest and we reconnected and got to be closer friends. And both of these friends have since moved away, but we have actually weekly phone calls and we're still carrying one another's burdens, praying for each other. Um, we still care about one another's kids and, and I've since made other really close, good friends here at Mops. And so this is a wonderful place. Your kids' school, uh, story time at the library, wherever you are, it's worth it so much to reach out and to be the one who makes the first move, to not be afraid to be awkward. It's okay, we're all awkward sometimes, especially after a pandemic. We lost a lot of social skills. So be willing to be the first one, be willing to make the first move, and not everyone's gonna be your best friend. It's okay if you try to initiate with someone and it doesn't really turn into this glorious, magical friendship. That's okay, try again. Be with someone else, be friends with someone else. Be still friends with that person, but continue to pursue other friendships. And I think along with this, I just want to encourage all of us, I know I kind of touched on it before, but spend more time with real life friends than the amount of time that you spend looking at other people's motherhood on the internet. Because playing at the park with a friend and her kids, you actually see reality. You see her having to deal with squabbles. You see her kids maybe not listening. You see all the stuff that really happens. And looking at social media or wherever else on the internet, you kind of just see these tiny glimpses of nice moments that may or may not be posed and photoshopped and will probably make you feel inferior rather than connected and supported and loved by your real friends. One other way that you are not alone is because there are so many other moms who have gone before you and are willing to share what they've learned in this motherhood marathon. Uh, another verse that I just want to bring up here is Proverbs 4, 7. that says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. So I talked a lot about how when we're starting out as moms, there's so much we don't know. We really just don't know. And that's okay. That doesn't mean we should stay in that place of ignorance. We should be learning. We should be constantly having this attitude of, I'm growing, I'm learning. Rather than just having the attitude of, I don't know anything. Um, so this is one way I think that we can learn, that we can get wisdom, is to look around us for women who we think are wise, who are wise moms, and copy them. <laughs> you, you don't have to do exactly what they do, but look for those things that they do that you think, yeah, that would work great for my family. There are going to be some things that they do that you say, that doesn't work for my kids, and you don't have to copy everyone. Maybe you've seen the I don't, it was a few years ago that went around on the internet of like baby sleep advice. Make sure you co-sleep, but don't co-sleep because it's not safe. But if you don't co-sleep, your child will never sleep. And 
you shouldn't sleep train before this age, but if you wait too long, your child will go to college still not sleeping through the night. Kind of just making fun of this. <clears throat> There's so much contradictory advice out there. So I'm not trying to say just copy what everyone else does, but look for those women who you say, wow, I love the relationship they have with their kids. It's not perfect, but I like how they interact with them. I like how she handled that situation. Look for those women that you can say, I really respect the way I see them momming their kids and I want to take some of those things and bring it into my life. Maybe it's Lynn, who is an excellent resource who I have learned so much from when we have our mentor moms panel. I take pages and pages of notes. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your in-laws, your friends' parents, your parents' friends. Um, whoever it is, find those people and ask them questions. Watch what they do. Take the things that work well for your family and incorporate them. If you don't feel like you have a lot of those positive mom examples in your life, this can even come from like biographies or even just stories. The book series I've been reading with my kids, uh, there's three children and their mom and the mom, she just is this quiet, calm, steady presence when there's chaos, when there are things happening. She's always speaking love to her children. One of the things she does when she drops them off at school, she always says, remember who you are. And so even though she's a fictional character, I'm taking things from her and incorporating those in our lives. I think reading stories and seeing stories lived out in front of you of mothers who live with courage and love, even in hard circumstances, can call us to those same sort of lives. You can be confident as a mom because you are not alone. Learn from other moms, build deep friendships with other moms, and depend on God for wisdom and strength in the hard moments. And I think that kind of brings me to this, this final hopeful message that I have for us of in those hardest moments, on your darkest days, when your eyes are red from crying or lack of sleep or your voice is like sore from yelling at your kids and your conscience hurts even worse than that, there is still hope. Um, we live in a fallen world. There's sin and sadness, pain and death. Jesus in John 16, 33 said, in this world, you will have trouble. He didn't say you might, you will, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And I think that is our hope right there because one day God will make all things new. It will all be made right. No more sorrow, sadness, pain, and death. We live in this world infected by sin, but we can take hope knowing that it is not our final home. And one of the verses that I feel like is just so hopeful, Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that in all things, including motherhood and kid tantrums and sleepless nights and all of those things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So God can use your hardest, most painful parts of your motherhood as tools for sanctification, for changing your heart, for helping you grow as a person and as a mom. And and I just feel like this is so hopeful for our confidence and our growth as moms because with God as our loving parent, 
we can be confident that he knows how to care for us, how to love us well, and how to lead us gently in our motherhood journey. And we can have hope because he has already overcome the darkness. Thank you for listening today, friends. Thank you for being here for this part two episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, if this was encouraging to you, please just share it with a friend, post it wherever you want to post it, um, any way that you might want to share it. It just helps more people be able to find the podcast and hear encouraging messages like this. Thank you all so much for being here. See you next time.